Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this September 13th, 2016 edition. I broadcast weekdays, that's Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on WINB and soon to go back over to WWCR. So I'm looking forward to joining them in October. You can listen live daily on MixLR at 6 p.m. Or for those of you on the go, you can download the podcast and take the show with you. You can also listen on the customized app. We have an app for smart devices and for Android phones. Just search Weekend Vigilante app in your app store. We're getting a lot of really good feedback on that Android app, by the way. That's a great way for you to listen to the program. It's customized for you, the listener. Well, I want to jump right into the show. And boy, you're in for a treat because I have a great group of brothers from Militant Christian Media joining us. We have with us Quincy Anatello, John Williams, Christian LaFleur, Mikhail Savenko, Leonard Michael, and R.D. Christian from Militant Christian Media. And it is my pleasure to welcome them to the show on the Street Preacher Roundtable Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the program. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, thank Sheila. It's, it's such a blessing to to be on with you again and to have uh, all of our brothers that have uh, bled on the soils across America. These are men that uh, I myself would die for. It's a blessing to uh, bring all of them on. And just so everybody knows, uh, they are all members of a militant Christian media uh, this ministry is uh, for the people, by the people, uh, the body of Christ. It's, I think it was A.W. Tozer that said that the body of Christ was uh, like a bouquet of flowers. So we definitely have the perfect arrangement uh, for this show. I think it's very important that we, as the body of Christ, remain versatile in the ways and methods that we use to proclaim the gospel. Absolutely. Thank you, Artie, for that. Well, gentlemen, let's start by telling the listeners a little something about you, your ministry, and where you're from. John Williams, we'll start with you. Yeah, my name is uh, Brother John Williams. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. I'll be 40 years old in October. I thought that I was a Christian for most of my life. I said the prayer. I said the ABCs at a Calvary Baptist church at a very young age believing that I was eternally secure no matter how the hell I lived. But God woke me up. He uh, got right in my face and uh, showed me that I was on my way to hell. I was uh, in a horrible head-on collision on a motorcycle back in August 12th of 2000. I was on my crotch rocket, high on ecstasy and cocaine, drinking. Uh, I wrecked over 100, around 120 miles an hour with no helmet on, head-on into an SUV. My body went 268 feet, and I was hurling towards hell with internal bleeding, compound fractures all over, you know, both arms, leg, internal bleeding, and uh, miraculously, they couldn't do anything for me, but miraculously, God stopped the bleeding. I was 24-year-old, just got out of the military, was in college at the time, and God miraculously stopped the bleeding and was trying to get me to repent. I still didn't repent. You know, I had to learn some more hard lessons, but I learned what reaping and sowing is that Galatians 6 talks about. Uh, you know, if you are, are sowing to the flesh, you will reap corruption. So God showed me uh, that I needed to do a 180 in my life and turn to Him. I had to uh, hit rock bottom. Uh, I had to learn the hard way. I didn't have a, a, a father that corrected me as a, as a young man. So the Lord stepped in, gave me a good spanking. As all street preachers know the verse in Revelation 3.19, Jesus said, 
As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, so be zealous and repent. God showed me what repentance is firsthand. I had to take the hard way, so I have a heart for the lost. I go out there because I don't want them to make the same mistakes I did, but I forsook my sins. I repented, and I turned to God uh, back in 2010. My wife, uh, she was converted before I was. I saw her example. As the scriptures talk of, uh, you know, a godly woman can lead her husband uh, to the Lord, and that's what happened in my life. I repented with godly sorrow. That's not to be regretted of. And the Lord filled me with himself, filled me with his spirit, and now I just go out preaching uh, the kingdom of God. So that's where I'm at right now here in Cincinnati. I love to join with my brothers. Uh, It's a repentance revolution, and and we're going out to try to wake up uh, these lost sinners that are headed to hell. But that's uh, me in a nutshell. Yeah, amen, because, you know, repentance, we know, isn't just turning from sin, but it's changing your mind about amen. sin. It's about turning from your sin. Well, we're going to flip it over to you. Mikhail Savenko, go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, my name is uh, Mikhail Savenko. The reason my name is, is a little bit strange, because I come from Russia. Uh, I go by uh, Brother Mikhail. Um, you know, I came here to the United States in 97 with my parents from Russia, where, you know, where we didn't have so many freedoms as we have here. We didn't have as much as freedom, you know, to street preach and, uh, you know, much persecution and uh, wasn't as free as country as it is here. So I came here, you know, I grew up in a religious family, got the opportunity, even though I grew up in a communist country. My dad was a pastor in Russia. You know, he received some persecution uh, in what he did, you know, pastor of a small church. Yet, even though I was born in a Christian family, you know, I never, I didn't choose the Christian way. I just, you know, decided to go into the world, do my own thing, move to the United States, and was just becoming, you know, more of a wicked sinner every day. And at 18 years old, God really convicted me of my sin. I knew what I was doing was wrong, and that um, put the fear of God in my life. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So I knew I was going to hell, and I uh, saw Jesus Christ, and I cried out to God when I was 18 years old, and God changed my life. And... Um, uh, right after I was born again, re- I really wanted to reach out to people. I, I started to do things in church, help out with whatever I could, but I really still wanted to do something more. I wanted to go out and reach, uh, you know, the lost, the dying, the people that were going to hell. So, uh, you know, I was looking at all these people, street preaching, going out, and I said, I really want to do that. And um, about four years ago, I started street preaching wherever I could, university streets. And about a year ago, I just went full time. So I mostly preach on college campuses. And sometimes on the street and also went to Southern Decadence and Mardi Gras to go to places like that. So I'm always preaching somewhere five days a week, uh, just contending for the faith, standing up for the truth. So it's uh, really been a blessing uh, to spread uh, God's word. Praise God. Well, especially coming from a communist country, what a perspective you have, Mikhail. Quincy Anatello. Let's talk about our favorite city, Portland, Oregon. Sadly, Portland's really becoming a real cesspool. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Portland, it's a, it's a straight, wicked place. You know, um, I'm 40 years old. I've been street preaching now for about two years. Matter of fact, I, I, my first night out preaching, that's when I met Brother Mikkel, because he's from around this this area. But uh, Portland is, is definitely, uh, it's a hellhole. It's, uh, it's a sin pool. It's wicked. It's vile. It's just nasty. Um, a homosexual Stuff up here, I mean, it's it's at the top of the charts. It's one of the most godless cities there is in America. It definitely gives a, it gives us a run for the money. Um, you know, we have a YouTube channel called Hell Shaking Street Preachers. There's about five or six of us here in Portland that go out every weekend, at least at least once a weekend, if not twice or three times a weekend, depending on what's going on. And we are out on the streets here in downtown Portland from anywhere from four to seven hours a night. And then, of course, we do all sorts of events. They have na- naked bike rides. Uh, they have the slut walk that goes on. And, of course, the homosexuals, they're just constantly out on the streets as it is. So even if we go out just to preach just the gospel, just a, a balanced, good message, it ends up always having to turn into a rebuke just because of the homosexuals. They want to make it about themselves no matter what's going on. Well, yeah, it's a real debauchery fest, those things, and we're going to get into some of that. Now, Christian Lafleur, welcome to the program. Where are you from? And tell the folks a little bit about your experience. Well, I am uh, from Los Angeles area, and particularly born and raised in Compton. 
and uh, now reside in the Inland Empire area of California, like this would be Riverside, San Bernardino. You're straight out of Compton and you're straight. That's my big joke. Yes, I'm straight out of Compton and I'm uh, <laughs> straight. Yes, yes, I'm straight. Okay. Amen. <laughs> but uh, my testimony in short would be that um, I grew up, uh, my, my mother and grandmother are Jehovah's Witnesses. My father's family, they're all diehard Louisiana Catholics. So I had a smorgasbord of mess to work out as I was working out my own salvation. But when I was about 32 years old, I had a Damascus Road experience where uh, my left arm was numb from the tip of my finger to the top of my shoulders. And at that point, with all the uh, walls caving in on me in my life, I asked the Lord to take that pain off of me. And as a result of that, he did. And I promised him if he took that pain off of me that I would serve him. And I pretty much been on this journey ever since. I didn't officially become a street preacher till maybe about five years ago, but uh, I got my taste of holiness and the church of God in Christ. And, you know, at some point in my walk, I had to leave the church to be able to continue in what the Lord has called me to do. Uh, my ministry is primarily centered around preaching in bar fronts, strip clubs, and those types of things. I do do the gay parades and uh, a lot of the other sin fest that we have here in Los Angeles. But most of those events, I go out to support the other street preachers so that they don't get steamrolled or creamed. But uh, my call is those bar fronts. And so if you want to see me preaching, uh, the bar fronts are where you'll find me. And Amen. Sheila, it's, it's, so, uh, it's so funny that he would mention the bar fronts. When I was uh, first saved, the Lord really put that on my heart. How can we reach these people that are just so depraved and so lost and so godless? Uh, the, it wasn't maybe two or three days after I'd prayed. And if you, uh, if you pray, you'll notice that uh, a lot of the times God answers your prayers right away. It almost makes you wonder why some of us don't pray more. But like I said, it maybe two or three days after, I was led to Christian LaFleur's a YouTube channel. And the way he used his sword to just dissect these perverts coming out of strip clubs, coming out of bars, he was my answer to prayer. And he's a man that the Lord has really used with young Christians. He's usually the first touch, especially for Christians that the Lord births here in Southern California. So I just wanted to throw that in. He's a, he's a man I highly admire, highly respect. And he's a big part of Militant Christian Media. He does a lot of video editing, and uh, he's definitely a man that I hold a high uh, level of esteem for. Yes, indeed. I've seen some of Christian's handiwork, and I'll tell you, I have a lot of respect for what you do, sir. Leonard Michael, tell the folks about yourself. My family's from Germany, uh, Stuttgart, Germany. My grandparents had come over to the United States from there to uh, New York. I was raised in the Bronx, uh, New York City. My accent will fool you, but there's a story behind that. And uh, my father committed uh, suicide when I was five years old. And then uh, my real mother had uh, abandoned me and my siblings in front of the doorsteps of the New York uh, City Welfare Department. And we were raised in foster homes. And my gruff German grandmother was living actually in Arkansas at the time and uh, worked two jobs at laundromats for years to save up enough money to afford a lawyer to adopt us and bring us all to her where she was living. That's where I was raised in the, in the Midwest. And then I got uh, eventually married, thought I was a Christian, was going you know, to church with my wife, and I, I got her pregnant outside of marriage, and then went, that's why I got married to her, and uh, was married to her for about 10 years and dealt with a lot of adultery and uh, unfaithfulness and went through tons and tons of counseling and, and it didn't rectify the situation, and it ended up actually where she ended up divorcing me. It just wouldn't work, and then I moved to uh, Dallas, Texas, and that's where I am now. And I had uh, threw my hands up. I lost everything that I had uh, worked so hard for. I've always been an entrepreneur. And uh, my ex-wife's mother was one of my mentors, and she didn't agree with her daughter's uh, behavior. And uh, we continued to talk and stuff. And at that point in my life, I uh, went into uh, – my brother was a Navy SEAL, and I've, I've got some other family members that was military and was taught to fight. And I – 
turned to the bar scene and I just wanted to go fight all the time and and that's what I did and I gave up on God I, I turned into an agnostic if if there is such a thing one day I just I came home and um, I got serious there was something in my heart that was just pretty strong and I fell to my knees I put my face in the carpet and I cried out to God and I said if you're real like those street preachers say you are I ask you to uh, reveal yourself to me if you'll do that I will do anything you tell me to do I'll be loyal to you forever, whatever you want. And um, I said, all I ask you to do is show me a bluebird and make it obvious to me, a bird that's blue. Two years went by, and I, I didn't see any bluebirds or nothing like that. And then that I gave up again, and I thought, well, that's ridiculous. I mean, if he can't show me a bluebird, then what's the deal here? And, and I just I got more hardened in my sin. And then out of the blue one day, my ex-wife's mother had called me and invited me over to her place for conversation and I said we can talk about anything but I just don't want to talk about Jesus Christ or anything religious I finally uh, ended up going over there and we were talking and she hit the table with her hand and she said I've got a birthday present for you that I've had in my closet for two years and I don't know when I'm going to see you again but I'd like to give it to you so she went in the house and came back out and it was a little box and I opened it up and my heart was broken and I was broken Jesus said that whoever falls upon this rock will be broken. Whoever this rock falls upon will be ground into dust. And that's how I felt because inside that box was a ceramic bluebird. And I never told anybody. It would have been embarrassing for me to even tell anybody. And then she asked me if I was okay, and I said no. And I told her my story, and she started crying. Ever since that day to this day, I've endeavored to keep my word with God Almighty. That's not a coincidence. There's no way you can convince me that it is. And he's done many other things in my life since then to show himself faithful and strong. And as a single man, I uh, try to wake up every day to think about what I can do to give him glory. Just happened <laughs> to be on YouTube and um, bumped into a uh, street preaching video that I had never seen in my life. And it was uh, Reuben Israel and some of his team. And I think it was in decadence. Yeah. And I saw the shirts that they were wearing, uh, Fear God and all that. And there was, I stopped everything that I was doing and it captivated me so much. I couldn't believe that somebody was doing that and everything inside of me wanted to do that. And uh, to make a long story short, two weeks later, I was sitting next to Reuben Israel, shoulder to shoulder, eating burritos with him. Uh, up to the current time, I just offer my services to my brothers in Christ. I try to do the best that I can do uh, for my Lord and for my Savior, for my King, uh, to give Him glory because that's why I'm here. It's amazing, Sheila, the the team that the Lord has brought together uh, under Reuben Israel's ministry. I think all of us um, on this call with you, we've all uh, spent time with Reuben and really have been uh, tutored, mentored, and discipled by him. If there's anybody that's had a big impact in the 21st century. When it comes to street preaching, Reuben is definitely a pioneer. His selfless mentality, everything about him is, is completely selfless, and you'll see that with all of the brothers that you have on the call. Every single person on this call, they're slow to have their names mentioned. They're quick to hide their faces. Leonard in particular, he's the Oz behind the curtain when it comes to militant Christian media. Uh, he doesn't want his name mentioned. He doesn't want any trophies. He doesn't need any badges. Uh, it's just amazing that the Lord would give us this opportunity to put these guys on the microphone because these are guys that are making the things happen, uh, and they don't want the praise. They don't want the glory, but they are so essential to uh, the body of Christ and what God is doing with the revival on the streets in America. Well, and sadly, let's face it, America has become a cesspool for the most part, just a very politically correct, anything goes, morally bankrupt society. Now, I know that a couple of you went to Southern Decadence, the big Sodom Fest there in New Orleans. Talk a little bit about that. It's the, it's the Super Bowl of homosexuality. It's the Super Bowl of gay pride parades. Uh, Mikhail, he spent 23 days in jail for his last outreach in, in New Orleans for Mardi Gras. So he was uh, you know, on a mission to uh, let the devil know that he wasn't going to keep him down. 
and uh, he, he joined the team for, for decadence. Talk about that, Mikhail. Yeah, Sheila. Well, uh, Southern Decadence is, uh, happens in New Orleans. It's kind of like a Mardi Gras, except for homosexuals. And um, about 200,000 uh, people come out there, mostly homosexuals. And it's just, uh, you know, just debauchery, just wickedness. You know, uh, I took a lot of pictures when I was there. I was kind of doing a lot of uh, the media part and making videos and taking pictures and just you know, how gross and disgusting is how that's uh, perverting, perverting our children. And um, I think that that was the biggest thing that I felt really sorry for. Just all these people, they brought their little children out there, uh, you know, just to see all, all the parades, all the wickedness, all the filth, all like the nudity, like people uh, are like nude over there. And uh, that was just really disgusting. And uh, I, I have a video on my uh, YouTube channel at the Russian com. It's called When Sinners Attack Southern Decadence 2016. And it just shows uh, just how violent uh, the homosexual community is. You know, the homosexuals, they try to say, you know, we're all loving, we're all tolerant, but it's exactly the opposite of that. And uh, that video kind of shows all the hate and the violence and uh, who they really are. When you uh, dig in inside, you know, this was happening with the homosexuality today, uh, you know, men becoming effeminate, you know, ruining uh, how God designed to be men, masculine, that the women would be feminine. And uh, the devil is just trying to destroy the image, you know, we're made in the image of God and the devil is just trying to pervert men and women of God. Weren't you chased? Weren't you guys chased too, Mikhail? It looked like in the video, you did a great job of really creating a first-person account of what was going on. It's something that some uh, journalists refer to as immersive journalism. It looked like you guys were being followed. Had several punches were thrown. You had your drinks dumped on you. One of the years uh, prior, somebody was urinated on from one of the balconies. Well, yeah, and the same thing. It was just If you see the video, it's exactly what you said. You know, There's people like urinating on us, throwing urine. There was a guy with a blade over there trying to cut us, and there's people holding them back. There's people punching and kicking. It, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like World War II or World War III happening just right on the streets, and all we want to do is just make our, you know, uh, message known. So I, I was kind of, I wasn't, I didn't have a Christian shirt on, so I was just videotaping the guys just going through the street and preaching. And, uh, you know, I think the homosexual community kind of exhibited themselves what they're all about, who they really are. And uh, it was just uh, really sad, sad to see what America, you know, has become. You know, we talk about tolerance, talk about love, but, you know, we're tolerant to everybody except Christians, you know. Blades are common out there. In fact, Christian. Uh, I think it was two years ago at Mardi Gras, he was actually cut by one of the blades. Christians probably got uh, plenty to say about knives uh, when it comes to New Orleans. Well, the Word of God you know, says in Proverbs 15 that the, that, the, that the house of the proud will be destroyed. And we saw firsthand out there proud. We saw what proud looks like out there at Southern Decadence, that's for sure. And, and during that chase uh, where the team was getting uh, chased by that mob, Unfortunately, I had been detained by the police uh, with a mixture of half-truths from the mob and, and, and false accusations. So, unfortunately, I wasn't with the team uh, at, at that moment, that last few hours of the last day. But as Mikhail or, or, or Ryan or, or Christian or Quincy will tell you, it is part of the job description. Uh, it's part of the job description to be hated, rejected, despised, beaten, spit on, stabbed even, cursed, imprisoned, killed. It is our job description to do these things. But the real problem is there's a fungus among us, and it is compromise. It's the compromise by the professing church that they're even able to have a southern decadence. If American Christians were right with God, there would be no southern decadence. If American Christians were right with God, there would be no homosexual movement in America. If American Christians were right with God, the most dangerous place for a baby wouldn't be in the womb of the woman where over 3,000 women per day murder their babies in the name of sexual freedom. American Christians were right with God. We wouldn't have all these things. We wouldn't have the Islamic invasion in America. So that's where the fungus is. We got the fakes. We got the flakes. We got the pretenders. They're saturating this country. And that's why God is raising up Christians like we're talking about today uh, that are going to stand up, come together, be militant, be organized, 
have a single vision, a single purpose, uh, and that's to please God. And God's calling us out to warn the people, and, and that's why we're, we're doing what we're doing. We're asking, who's going to rise up against the evildoers? Who's going to stand against the workers of iniquity? Most people are not. Most people are, are lazy. Most people are closing their eyes, closing their ears. Uh, they're feasting all these, on all these things that they can you know, abuse and abuse and, 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 and take for granted. So, so we're, we're rising up, and we're hoping that more people that are even listening to this broadcast uh, will go to officialstreetpreachers.com, uh, email Reuben, you know, go to Militant Christian Media, go to Health Shaking Preachers, go to Operation Reap Souls, go to our websites, write us. God's calling you to stand up and be the solution to the pollution, which is sin here in America, the compromise. Who will rise up? Amen. And it's crickets chirping in the mainstream church. I mean, where are the feminist outcry? And let me tell you, women that are listening to this program, feminism is straight from the pit of hell, I'll tell you what. And you have to realize that, you know, these baby body parts being sold to the highest bidder in planned parenthood, which is the synagogue of Satan. Why is there no outcry for these butcher little girls in Islam when they send their body parts to the parents, the Christian parents? Where's the feminist cry for that? And I think that is a really good point that you made. And certainly, if Satan rules in the halls of schools or in government or even in your country, well, guess what? The pulpit is responsible for it. And I really see that the reason that open air evangelism is taking such a momentum is because the four walls of the mainstream church is just not cutting it today. What do you have to say about that? Quincy, I'll let you weigh in on that. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of times when we're out in the, out in the street and we are preaching, you know, the church will come up to us and they're so soft. And the thing is, is like many times they don't even want to debate scripture. They don't want to talk about scripture but yet they say they love Jesus, but they have no scripture to back nothing up. They want to say that what we're, we are doing is wrong. But it's kind of like what everybody's been saying here on, on the call is that they're behind the four walls. They're not doing nothing. The things that they're doing, here's what the men are doing. They're, they're sitting around in their groups talking about what sin that they continue to be in. Um, whether it's masturbation, looking at pornography. Oh, I was at the club last night drinking. That's the sin. That's what they keep doing week after week. They have their little prayer groups and they stand around. I call them AA meetings. That's what they're doing. So when they see frontline soldiers out on the street, they look at that as wrong because they're not being taught in church what to do. And at the same time, they're still living, living in sin, their own selves. So how could they be out on the front lines standing up against evil when most of the time that they're still participating in evil their own selves? The men nowadays, they've been neutered because even a lot of times when we're out street preaching, the women are the ones who are coming up to us, yelling at us, and the husband's in the background. The husband's being quiet because he can't even contend for nothing. And so the woman's in our face yelling, and we get hit a lot of times by the women more than the men. Now, one of the things I think is really interesting is said, and I agree with this, we have a neutered, spineless, gutless, anemic, weak church. And that is a problem because... You know, look at Satan's doing. He's mopping the floor with everyone. We're morally bankrupt as a society. And wouldn't you agree, R.D.? We've said this before. I think it's very interesting with all this, well, decadence, there you go. The gay pride, the fact that they're using pride in there. We know how God feels about pride. But it's not just that. You guys have raised a really valid point. It's the nasty spirit that's involved in this, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think the worst thing about New Orleans, and you can see the judgments of God, they've fallen on the city of New Orleans countless times. I mean, Katrina was probably one of the bigger ones. But you have people that know the truth there. You have the religious spirit meeting the homosexual spirit. And you said it perfectly. It's, it's the spirit of pride that really pushes that sin. And so th that's why there's such a battle down there. That's why the devil hates it when Christians go into his city and really turn things upside down. You're, you're going after the head of the snake. And really that's what happened when uh, Christian and I went down to Santee uh, Educational Complex, which is a high school. Uh, this is where we need to attack the devil. We need to attack the infiltration of our youth. And so when we went out and preached in front of Santee Educational Complex, a full riot 
uh, broke out. We had about 60 cop cars, about 30 uh, police officers, 15 of them were in riot gear, full riot gear. I mean, this is the stuff you see at Black Lives Matter protests. Uh, and it was all in the name of uh, homosexuality. That was the first high school in America to open a all-gender, neutral-gender bathroom. And so we didn't waste any time. Within four days of that announcement, there were street preachers out there calling the teachers and the principals to repentance. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was at the bottom of that pile. I had about uh, 200 uh, high school kids kicking and punching. And uh, it's really by the grace of God that we were able to, to make it out of there. But this is where the homosexuals are targeting. They're targeting the youth. Uh, so the LGBT, they've got curriculum uh, that they're pushing into the public school system. It's starting at second grade, I believe, in California. We're the first state uh, to really legalize that. So now they're teaching that pedophiles, convicted, self-confessed pedophiles like Harvey Milk, are people that our children should idolize. These are people of respect. So just like Isaiah said, uh, woe to you that call evil good and good evil, that is the time that we're living in. If there was ever a time in Christianity for the church to make a stand, now is the time. I don't think there's anybody that Jesus loved more than the children. And so that's really what inspired me and Christian to go out there. And, and you could see how mad we made the devil. I mean, we went after the head of the snake. And whenever you go after the head of the snake... Uh, there's going to be either revival or there's going to be riot. If you study Paul, Paul is the apostle of the Gentiles. If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. And when he went into a city like Philippi, he caused a riot. The truth will always be controversial, and the truth is never popular. Well, Jesus caused lots of riots. <laughs> it's okay, though, for children's services to go after if you've got an NRA sticker and a conservative Christian, but hey, there's no problem with little children being taken to these parades with all this absolute debauchery. You know, I think that's child abuse myself. Even the gender-bred man is now popular in school. They've got gender acclimation. There's little kids that are getting surgery at three, four, five. I mean, it's just absolutely, you can't make this stuff up. It's so absolutely disgusting. Now, you know, of course, we live in a society, as I'm sure all you guys will admit, I'll get you to weigh in on this, Christian. I mean, with the greasy grace, the love, 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 the kumbaya, coexist, <laughs> live and let live. Let's just tone it down. You guys are just stirring up strife. We get that all the time, of course, when we're on the streets preaching. But really, we're not seeing this in the mainstream church. Christian, what are your thoughts about this? Won't we remind people also of the severity of God? Well, here's the thing. These pastors nowadays, they are literally running a business. Unfortunately for the church, Edison and uh, the gas company don't take prayer as a form of payment, and they will cut the church's lights out. You have pastors that are preaching this kind of greasy grace, and it's the kind of grace that'll slip you right into hell if you're not careful. But they are representing their product, and their product has to bring in money to keep that church going. So unfortunately, as you were saying earlier, the church has effectively been neutered because it's business first, and then maybe, just maybe, we can win some souls. Yeah, what are they doing with all the boatload of lucre they have coming in? pouring into the coffers. They're certainly not out there feeding the homeless, clothing the poor, helping the orphans, the widows. And of course, with the 501c3, you take the legislation, you take the rules, they're going to tell you what you can and can't preach. That's the scary part of this. Weigh in on that, Leonard. Well, I was talking to Ryan the other night. We spoke of an issue about, we were talking about logic. God has given us logic as a tool, okay? And I, I was telling Ryan that, look at it this way, if I could give you a hammer, and you could use that hammer to build a house, to build something useful in a good way, or you could take that hammer that I gave you, and you could use it to bash me over the head and kill me. So, is what it all comes down to, is how people are using the tools that God's given them innately in a wicked way. It's gotten to the point anymore like when I'm on the street and I engage, uh, I'm an apologist, so I, I engage uh, people that profess to be atheists, I engage them in, in apologetical uh, conversations and, 
and ask them questions that they I haven't met one that can answer to this day. Uh, one time I was at a we were in front of a bar and this guy came down and he was drunk and he claimed to know the Bible and, and then I started asking him some questions and the very first question I asked him was the book of Hezekiah is it new or old testament? And he didn't even think about it, and he said, that, that's Old Testament. And, and if anyone that knows their Bible, there is no book of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king. These people, what they're doing is they're listening to these little sermonettes and these preachers like Joel Osteen and Rick Warren and et cetera, et cetera, and they're not going to the Bible to see what God says in his holy word. They're getting a sermon, uh, some motivational speech for someone that uh, calls himself a preacher of God's word, uh, just go to the grocery store, and I talked to my, the guy handing, handling my groceries back to the car. I asked, are you a Christian? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. Do you read your Bible every day? Oh, well, when I have time, not really, uh, you know, all this. And we get into these, and that's an opportunity for me to uh, hold them to a higher standard, someone that, that confesses to be a part of the body of Christ. You know, there was a poll done that 90% of Americans claim to be a Christian. Then when you start talking to these people that claim to be Christians, same scenario, do you read your Bible every day? And the answer is that I get 85% of the time is they don't have time for it. And I'm one of the worst people that they can meet because I'm going to hold them to the fire. And most of those conversations go for 30 to 45 minutes after that. So it's willful ignorance and they're culpable because there's so much information about God today. Just think what Paul could have done with the internet and with the transportation that we have available to us today. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Well, I'm going to give each of the guys on this call a couple minutes to give me your closing thoughts. John Williams, let's start with you. All right. Well, we just have to remember that God is completely right all the time, and His Word will eliminate those who won't take His divine dictatorship. And that's what God is. He's a divine dictator. He wants to rule and reign in us, and unfortunately, the time and hour that we're living in, churchianity has become a Christian idol, and uh, now is the time where God is separating, and that's either damnation or repentance, and that's why... You know, I'm just thankful to the Lord that he's brought these brothers together, uh, that we can come together and try to try to lead a revolution against pride, a revolution against sin and hell, and, and head in the direction that the Lord wants us to go in word, thought, and deed. So, uh, you know, I'm just thankful uh, to have brothers and a sister like you that is going against the grain uh, in this uh, life we're living in right now, this time that we're living in right now, uh, there are some that do want to repent. There are some that are willing to walk in the humility way. Uh, but every generation needs a new revolution. That's what Thomas Jefferson said, and I believe this generation needs a repentance revolution. Amen. Repentance revolution. Go ahead, R.D. Yeah, I just want to let everybody know that you know some of the questions that I get or comments that I get, I should say, when it comes to, you know, Christians that are saved and the thing everybody wants to say is there's no church out there for me. I don't like his sermons. I don't like their Bible study. And so it's not necessarily uh, the leadership of the church. There are ministries out there. You can't use that as an excuse. There are ministries out there that are holy and that are preaching the true word of God unadulterated, uncompromised. Uh, so I want to invite everybody, if you are looking for that church, uh, we're starting chapters all across the United States. Militant Christian Media is a ministry that has been birthed by God in the street preaching community. And so the last couple months I've been doing a lot of recruiting, talking to a lot of different journalists, video editors, animators. This thing is going to be huge. We're going to take advantage of that hunger that's in the hearts of uh, people that have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, true Christians. Uh, so if you're looking for a place to find true Christians, uh, people that their ministries mimic the book of Acts, join us on our Facebook page. We don't have a website up yet. Uh, Leonard is uh, really in charge of, of bringing this all together on the technological side. But we do have a Facebook page. Some of our videos already have over 100,000 views. So it just goes to show you that there are people that truly do want to live for God. Uh, so the Facebook page is Militant Christian Media. 
And so, like I said, I've been doing a lot of uh, reporting. What makes militant Christian media different than all these other news agencies or ministries, uh, if you will, it's not only are we reporting the news, uh, not only are we writing about the news, we are the news. So if you're looking for opportunities uh, to serve the Lord, we'd love uh, to speak with you and we'd love to have you a part of the team. You know, I was talking to you a little bit, Sheila. You're, you're giving a voice for these preachers that uh, really aren't ever really in the news. You know, it's not very often that a preacher makes the news. So to give us an opportunity, a platform to tell the body of Christ what's happening on the streets of America I just, I can't tell you how, how blessed I am by it and, and how uh, appreciative I am of your ministry and what you're doing for God. Well, thank you for that. And I think one of the things you said that's so important is, are you going to people listening, are you going to report for duty? What are you doing with the time that you have left in these very last days? There's a battle raging here, folks. So I think the question is, will you heed to Second Timothy 2, 3, Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. This is the army of the Lord. I love what Dr. Kent Hovind said one time. All you get on your tombstone is a little bitty dash between two dates. What are you going to do with your dash? Final thoughts, Christian. Amen. Well, I just wanted to say that uh, we're really in a critical time, and the time frame is dictating that. This is the showdown of God's prophets versus like the prophets of Baal. And it's really critical right now because America has to make a decision on who they're going to serve. I think America's decided. And as long as I got breath in my body, as long as I'm walking this earth, I'm going to preach the gospel and I'm going to try to make a difference. And I just wanted to point out one more thing. You know, these street preachers came together collectively around Mother's Day as you guys might remember, that Target had that wicked bathroom policy. And as a result of all of the preaching, I believe Target got the message loud and clear, and they adjusted that bathroom policy. Amen. And so I just want to say that when the Christian community gets together, things can really happen. And I would like to see what would happen if more Christian churches would get together and support these street preachers. Not so much with money sometimes, sometimes with prayer, sometimes with services like attorneys and, and just different things, because these guys are getting right in the trenches and doing things that's benefiting the everyday person that just goes to church. And so I want to thank, I want to say thank God for all of these brothers and sisters that lay down their life, their safety, the safety of their children and families uh, to preach the word of God. I mean, this is, a, this is a, a serious act of obedience. And I just want to say, I thank God for all of you. And I, I thank God for your show, Sheila. Thank you. Well, you know, and it's funny, you mentioned something important, because when there's a gay issue, those sodomites swoop in like a swarm of mad locusts. They know how to organize. So you mentioned something really important. It's time that Christians got together and said, we're not going to put up with this debauchery anymore. That is just a really good point you made. Mikhail, go ahead, sir. Yeah, well, it just amazes me how people can, you know, they go to, you know, sports arenas and sports games, and they're so excited about the things, you know, of the world. And, you know, it's nothing wrong with sports, but people are more fast the things that are going to pass away. I say, you know, we as Christians, we got to get excited about Jesus Christ. I mean, mm -hmm. there's just such joy in uh, serving Jesus Christ. You know, people, uh, may, they might go to church, they might yell and scream over there, but what are you doing outside the four walls? That's okay that you go to church, hear the Word of God. What are you doing with the Word of God? So I just want to encourage everyone to get excited about God, to get on fire for God. You know, there's a battle going on there. You know, people are going to hell. You know, we only got one shot at life. And, you know, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to live your life? You know, when you're going away from this life, you know, what do you have back to look for? Uh, hopefully, when we all look back, we can say that, hey, I stood up for the truth. I spoke up. I wasn't silent. I didn't care about what, some, what somebody was going to say about me, that I was hateful, intolerant. I was preaching Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, he said, they hate me because I testify that their works are evil. So we as Christians got to be the light, got to be the salt. 
and uh, be the soldiers that God has called us to be. You know, we're not called to be wimps. We're we're out to be uh, men and women of God that God has called us to be. So we need to get excited about Jesus Christ. We need to get in His Word, and we need to go out and speak uh, God's truth and whatever God has laid upon our hearts. We want to hear the words of our Master, well done, my faithful mm. servant. And I'll let you wrap up, Quincy, and then RD, I'm going to let you give out the websites, how people can get in touch with you. So go ahead, Quincy. Well, Mark 16:15 it says to go into the world and preach the gospel. So any encouragement I can say, especially for these men, is the Bible talks about us rising up and who's going to stand against evil. Also says, send me. I'm one of them people. I'm going to stand up against this evil that's sweeping this world, our country, our cities, and our nation. God wants warriors. In the Old Testament, you saw these men going out to fight against evilness that was going on. King David went out. He was bold enough. He had the courage. He went out there and fought. He stood his ground. It's time for us men to stand up. It's time to serve and be a warrior, love God, and really love these people and care about where they're going to spend their everlasting life. Because it's one or two places. It's either in the kingdom with God, our Father, or in the pits of the lake of fire burning forever. And maybe it's something that people don't realize. Maybe it's not a reality to them about eternal damnation, about burning for eternity. Maybe eternity people can't even wrap their mind around because we think that 10 years is a, is a long time. Think about these people who are on their way to hell because they are in love with their sin. They're in love with their pleasure more than they are in love with God. He has called us to be out there. God is a God of war. So I just want to encourage you, you know, people who are listening. I thank God Almighty for my true family. All these brothers that are on the phone, you as well, Sister Sheila. I thank you guys. You know, as you were talking, you used that word burning. I was thinking of Burning Man on Labor Day weekend. That's a festival celebration straight from the pit of hell. Burning. That's a very fitting word. Burning Man's got nothing on hellfire. That's where all these pagans are headed if they don't repent. People are going to a devil's hell while the church is in a cotton candy coma. And I find that really, really sad myself personally, which is why I do what I do, try to wake up people. When you're impacting people for Christ, I'll tell you, you're going to experience resistance. We take a lot of flack for what we do. And what did the master himself say in John 15, 18? If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Leonard, final thoughts? Uh, I'm, I'm very impressed to even hear a woman talking the way that you are. I'm, I'm, my mind is blown. But uh, in the Bible, Jesus said, All power and authority has been given unto me. Go forth. The enemy doesn't have the authority. He just gives the appearance that he does. Christ has all authority, has all power. And as his soldiers in his kingdom, we go forth with boldness and courage. Well said. Well, RD, I'm going to let you wrap up with final comments and then tell the folks how they can get in touch with you fellas. Absolutely. You know, we have uh, ministries that the Lord, individual ministries uh, that the Lord has given us to share the gospel. Uh, so within each of our ministries, uh, really it's God's ministry, uh, what the Lord has done uh, for us. Militant Christian media is essentially a hub that is uniting all of these different ministries worldwide. If you study the Salvation Army and what the, the Lord Jesus did with uh, the Salvation Army, William Booth, Catherine Booth, they started a fire, a cleansing that went throughout the world. Uh, so that's really the vision for Militant Christian Media. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook for now at uh, Militant Christian Media. That's the Facebook page. And through that, you'll be able to get uh, to all uh, of our individual ministries. The Lord has brought all these ministries together to create one. Obviously, there's one God, 
uh, and there's one Holy Spirit that we're all operating in. So what the Lord is doing is he's bringing us together. He's bringing these ministries together to make them that much stronger. Uh, Jesus said, a house divided will not stand. So it's unity that you're seeing and that you will see within militant Christian media. And so uh, John Williams, he has his ministry, Operation ReapSouls.com. You can reach him individually there or through militant Christian media. Uh, Mikhail has uh, the Russian Street Preacher.com. And then Quincy, I don't believe uh, the Hell Shaking Street Preachers have a website either, but they do have a YouTube channel. You can, uh, you can also visit Christian's YouTube channel, Acts of the Street Preacher. So each of these preachers have YouTube channels, and we're going to be featuring them on Militant Christian Media. There you have it, folks. Militant Christian Media. I have got the Facebook page link there today on September 13th bio. John Williams' website's there, OperationReapSouls.com. Christian Lafleur's YouTube channel, Quincy's YouTube channel, Mikhail's YouTube channel, and website is there. And as well, the website, theradicalreverend.com for RD Christian. All that information is linked there on today's bio. So do check that out. What a pleasure it was to have John Williams, Christian LaFear, Quincy Anatello, Mikhail Savenko, RD Christian, Leonard Michael. What a great group of guys out on the front lines, grinding it out, advancing God's kingdom and preaching the word. That's really exciting what these guys are doing. Tomorrow on the program, we have Patrick Wood, the author of Technocracy Rising. He is a lot of fun. What a knowledgeable guy. It's really fun to do a program with him. And I always tease him because my book, Green Gospel, is always paired with his book, Technocracy Rising, there on Amazon. Again, that's Patrick Wood. Our topic is interesting Robo Crook. Keep that in mind. It's going to be a fascinating discussion. I promise you that. Hey, and if you haven't already, do not forget to sign up for my free e-newsletter because guess what? It's coming out Wednesday. It's really important. So do sign up for that because this month I have a little promotion. When you sign up for the free e-newsletter, well, guess what? You get a copy of a one-of-a-kind little compendium I've put together it's a free ebook called Colloquialisms. It's, a, again, a little compendium of only those one-of-a-kind Steve Quayle phrases over the years that'll give you a good chuckle in celebration of his 25 years on air. That is a feat in itself. <laughs> Trust me on that. Hey, and finally, if you do not have a copy of my new book, Power Prayers, get a copy. Don't Wait, what a life-changing book that is. It doesn't just claim to, it will. And I'm really looking forward to the testimonies. I've already got testimonies pouring in just from people doing the prayers for a few days. I'm really excited about what God is doing with this book because, again, spiritual warfare is different than prayer. Prayer is when you're addressing God. Warfare is where you're addressing the enemy. And we merge those two together in this one-of-a-kind book that's not like anything else out there. I'm excited to get this in your hands. It sounds like everybody's now got the pre-orders. That is really exciting. And, of course, it's available there on Amazon. Just go to powerprayers.ca and pick up your copy today. No Christian should be without this book as far as I'm concerned. And I put my reputation behind that statement we're going to have a really fantastic testimony page, which I'm very excited about. It's exciting. God is still on the throne, and he's advancing his kingdom. And that is something right there to be excited about. I'm thrilled to be getting some of these emails from people about how it's already impacting their life. So what do I have to say about that? Well, mission accomplished makes me smile. I really appreciate everyone taking the time to tune into the program today. We will see you tomorrow. Good night and God bless you.